Welcome everyone to Pillar to Post here on Fightful Overbooked. I'm your host, Jeremy Lambert. Pillar to Post is Fightful Overbooked's around the horn style show. I have four esteemed panelists joining me to banter about the world of wrestling. They score points based on how I'm feeling, based on, you know, if they suck up to me, if they say nice things about me, they'll get more points. If they bury people I don't like, they might get more points. And if they make an interesting point on something, maybe they will get more points. Uh, we have multiple topics to get through today, including Triple H's WWE, uh, the AEW interim world title reign of John Moxley, the trio championships, and plenty, plenty more going on in the world of wrestling. Let's bring on the panel for today. The reigning, defending, interim pillar to post champion from comicbook.com. The Brick House, Connor Casey. He's back. He's here. The Vanderlei Silva wrist roll. I love it. Connor, you show up. As always, you show up, unlike our other alleged champions. I, I am the brick house, Jeremy Lambert. I'm strong, I'm sturdy, and I'm dependable. That's why I am the real fightful, overbooked, pillar-to-post champion. That is true. That is true. Alex McCarthy, the alleged champion, once again not here. I don't I don't know what to do, folks. People are messaging me all the time. They're like, when's Alex going to come back? When's he actually going to defend the title? When are you going to strip him of the title? And look, I would like to but I'm contractually obligated to not strip anybody of the title. I like to do the interim title. I like to, at some point, maybe we will have a big clash for the undisputed championship, but Alex McCarthy's got to show up. He couldn't show up this week. He did promise. He said to me, you know what, Jezza, I can't, I can't show up this week, but I'm, I'm going to send in a video. I'm going to explain my absence of why I haven't been there. So I do have a video message from Alex McCarthy this week all right everybody so we will hear from alex on why he's not been here connor you've defeated many men on this show in past weeks many men and women we have three new competitors three first timers losing their pillow to post virginity here on the show today first that, that was a bad segue as i bring on a 16 year old caden from fightful overbooked is here from <laughs> fmc caden how are you I'm good. I don't know how I got here, but I'm here. Neither do I. I have no idea <laughs> how you got here. I, we're, we're scraping bottom of the barrel bringing in Caden to be on this show. Let me ask you a question, Caden. Have okay. you lost your virginity or is this your first time? <laughs> I This is my first time on Pillar to Post. All right. That's the answer we're looking for. We don't need to reveal anything more than that. Also here for the first time, she's she is... Uh, cringing or just shocked horrified at, at my comments i'm off the rails it's already been a, a a long morning you know her from fightful overbooked as well you know her from fmc you know her from her thirst tweets it is Cher delaware Cher delaware is here hello Cher. i'm retired from thirst tweeting thank you very much are you um i i i, I i'm on twitter on during aew we both know that's a lie Cher. Yeah, I, I feel like not, I could... I have not thirst tweeted. Mm -hmm. let's, let's I make on. observations. But, you know. Oh, I misspelled Cher Delaware, so that's why I couldn't. <laughs> so, okay. I had to get my whiteboard out so that I could <laughs> put up a message like I'm uh, Woody over here. 
There, I mean, there was one on July 23rd. It was a Cash Wheeler tweet. The Hangman one. I when I said Hangman was coming to pipe everybody, you were you were in on that one. You set me up. I can't. Yeah. You can't lob one at me like that and me I just can't. ignore it. Oh, I, I can't like, though. That's you did that's that intentionally. You did maybe, that intentionally. Maybe You're, it's supposed to show growth to see if you would take the bait or not, and you did. I'm a virgin, okay? I don't I don't know what you're talking about here. How many kids you got? Those poor kids are adopted. <laughs> Listen, this is the breaking news here. Yeah. They <laughs> not mine. Um it was a, oh. immaculate conception. Immaculate. <laughs> <laughs> our our fourth and final member of the panel today from Greg Cherry YouTube from Know Your News, something that I can't get on. For some reason, Jimmy, Jimmy Vanity's project that I can't get on. Greg Cherry is here. How you doing, Greg Cherry? Uh, not too bad. I am not retired from thirst tweeting, but I guess I would have to start to uh, be retired from it. Uh, it's good to be here. First time on Fightful Overbook, so big deal for me. Uh, I guess. I mean, are, is this show a big deal? Is Fightful Overbooked a big deal? We just do silly stuff. That, that's what we We do. had a draft. We did. We did have a draft. And I two won. of my, my team members. I got two two of my team members up top there. There we go. Go. I mean, I, I think the voting is closed. It was rigged because your name was so good. No one actually looked and see what we were doing. <laughs> I just saw Will and the white people, and they're like, yeah, yeah okay. That's that's who we're going with here. It was a great name. I mean, I, mean, I can't knock it. I, I mean, the alliance it. to destroy SP3 Mania lives on, regardless of yeah. how it the always world. lives on. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and see, that's the thing. I'm going to win either way because you guys are just going after each other. So we're just sliding by. SP3 is not here for me to bury again. So. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I was going to try to form an alliance with you, Cher, and then we just take out SP3, and then my mission's accomplished, and then we can battle it out. And we just go yeah. There. yeah. Do like we have to out. fight at your wedding? That's going to oh, depend I'm on so, if I wear heels I'm, or not. We're filming, we're filming so many bits at the wedding. The fiance is going to, she's going to regret every life choice she's made for the last two <laughs> years since she met me. She, she's just going to stand on the side with me and be like, what? No, you're going to be in the bits. You're going to be in no, the bits. No, I'm not. Yes. Yes. You're part of, you're part of the, the, uh, the challenge team. All right. Let, let's get into some wrestling talk. Everybody, that's what here people are allegedly here for. The wrestling talk, the opening bell. Triple H has been in power for about two weeks now. He's brought back Dakota Kai. He's seemingly re-signed EO Sky because she ain't going nowhere. He's brought back Karrion Cross. He's brought back Dexter Loomis, potentially bringing back more people every single week. It's a new debut. Triple H has a huge announcement to make every single week. On WWE Raw and AEW Dynamite to WWE SmackDown. Connor Casey, I'll start with you as the champion. Give me a grade for Triple H's run as head of creative so far. I will go with a B. I think that some of the decisions have been pretty solid. You made uh, Monday Night Raw watchable for the past two weeks, something that the uh, previous administration could not say they've done in the past four years or so. Um, I, I like the people that you brought back, EO Sky, Dakota Kai. Um, Karrion Cross never did it for me in NXT. So I wasn't elated when he suddenly arrived at the end of SmackDown. And SmackDown last week was honestly, it felt like more of the same. It was still loaded with your recap packages um, and just a lot of dead air with not too much emphasis on in-ring action. The same can't be said for Raw. Uh, you've had a massive elevation for Ciampa in just two weeks you made the united states championship feel 
as valuable as it did when John Cena held it seven years ago. And, you know, Raw has Raw has had forward momentum. And even without a world championship, that that's pretty impressive because I haven't been able to say that about that show since before the pandemic era, even if you want to go further back. That being said, they haven't all been wins. Um, you know, we still haven't really addressed what we're doing with the world championship right now. We, that still hasn't been fixed, but I didn't expect it to be fixed this early. You've only had a couple of weeks. Uh, SummerSlam, you know, felt like it was mostly other than the Bailey return. If you had told me that that had been mostly booked by Vince McMahon, I would have believed you just for how things played out. Um, and, you know, SmackDown is still, you know, kind of the mesh show that I can skip and just watch the highlights. So not everything's fixed, but you're off to a good start. Kaden, give me a grade for, did you give a grade, Connor Casey? I said B. You said a, you said said a B. B, okay. All right, I was about to kick you off the show already. Katie, give me a grade <laughs> for Triple H's run thus far. I'm going to go with an A-. minus. He hasn't really had a lot of time to really make drastic changes, but with what he's done, he's made the shows considerably better. You look at bringing back EO Sky and Dakota Kai, bringing in Carrie and Cross, bringing in Dexter Loomis. These are all really good choices uh, to add some depth to these rosters that have just gone away. You look at the amount of releases they've had, and that's why we're getting so many rematches on Raw and SmackDown. There's nobody there. So he's bringing in good superstars to help with that. I think he's starting to set up that championship thing with bringing in Cross. That's a really good start to kind of splitting those titles up and actually getting the belts defended without waiting four months between championship matches. You look at what he's done with the United States and the Intercontinental Championships already, already made them significantly more important, giving some shine on people like Champa. He let Ricochet get a really good win over Happy Corbin the other week. It's not perfect, it's going to be a little bit of a learning process. It takes time to really turn everything over and to get the ball rolling. But with what he's done so far, I think he's done a really good job. And I got to give him credit. He dropped all the spooky shit that they were setting Edge up for. He did the brood return, then he got rid of the spooky shit immediately and went right back to Metalingus Edge. Uh, Share Delaware, man, great for Paul's WWE. So I've watched about 30 minutes of Paul's WWE. Um, So I'm going to base this off of my excellent tweets about his parking lot obsession. Um, I'm going to give him a B plus just because I know that raw has to be better solely because I got a text from John Alba last night that said, how weird is it that raw is watchable? And I don't know the last time he watched raw so (laughs) he was telling me things that were enjoyable to check out today on it and um i saw a bunch of the tweets last night about like what is going on in the background with this like car crash and i got a text from sean that was like this car and i was like i'm very high right now and i don't know what you're talking about so um Yeah, I mean, obviously, it was keeping everybody's attention because that's what my whole timeline was talking about. And previously, people were not watching Raw. And I saw that the uh, numbers were up last week for them, which is a good thing. I don't watch SmackDown because 
it's not very good usually. But I do wish that they would figure out what they are doing with the world titles, as I believe Connor or Caden mentioned. But, like, it's just very annoying to not have, like, Roman's there, like, 40% of the time. And it's basically always on SmackDown when he is there. So it's weird. I'm not a fan of the women's tag title tournament. I'm glad that they are doing something. But, like, all of those teams are very Vince thrown together. Hey, here's two women. They're a team now. And I think what the only actual team in it is uh, the team that was formed at SummerSlam with <laughs> Dakota and EO, like, or in NXT when I don't know, I don't watch NXT either. But um, <laughs> it's got that chick. Share, share. You're just reading text messages from, from Sean and John Alba. We've muted share Delaware. As she, as she no, you have not the- muted me because no. I'm saying it's got that one chick that looks like she's 45 and she's my age. And I think she's in a tag team with somebody from NXT. I think they're in it, but I don't know. What I think you're talking is. about Nikita Lyons. No, right? no, Zoe Stark. Zoe Stark, oh, Zoe Zoe Stark, Stark? Is my age. And that woman looks every bit of 45 years old, oh. but um, <laughs> I say this on every podcast I'm on <laughs> that she's going to kill me one day. But anyways, yes. <laughs> I think that all this is just going to set up for Sasha and Naomi returning, and then it's going to be a thing. But, you know, they need Sasha back. So, also, where the hell is Charlotte Flair? That's my coming back. That's my closing point. Hashtag bow down, make live bow down. Yes. Take that title from her. Greg Cherry, give me a grade for Paul's WWE. See, I feel like I'm going to be a little bit more critical, and I'm going to say B minus. And here's why. It, it, I feel like it's too early. It's only been a couple of weeks to judge. Is it better than what Vince put out? Absolutely. I mean, we have interesting storylines happening in the background. A lot of Raw was talking about, hey, what was this car crash? And, and it was something different because it felt like something that was continuing on through the show and you wanted to find out what was going on with it. And yes, on SmackDown, Karrion Cross returned, and nobody mentioned Scarlet is back with him. How did nobody mention on this panel that Scarlet is back with Karrion Cross? That is a big part of his presentation. It was a big part of his presentation in NXT. And then when he came up on Raw and debuting in whatever the hell that rejected Power Ranger costume was, you know, he wasn't the same Karrion Cross as he was in NXT. Even if he wore the gold, he wore that stupid ass helmet. It's a completely different carrying cross. It reminds you more of what the original NXT was before he got injured against Keith Lee when he won the title and before Adam Cole buried him in that promo. So it's a completely different. We need to push past that because it has been a year. If we still look at him like that, then why aren't we still looking at Drew McIntyre like he's in 3MB? Why aren't we looking at Roman Reigns like he's doing the Suffer and Succotash promos? It is a completely different time. We have to be able to move on from that. That being Connor said, Casey. it confuses me that... I've muted Greg Cherry. Connor Casey. Greg, I'll get back to you. Connor Casey, you have your hand up. I'll tell you why we talk about carrying Cross and Scarlet like that. It's because... Their presentation went right back to the way it was in NXT, and that was the thing that Adam Cole buried, and Johnny Gargano flat out said, you suck. And the reason why no one's bringing up Scarlett is because she did fuck all 
in NXT. She dressed like a witch and was quiet and danced around during the entrance. At least when she was the smoke show, she had a personality and could wrestle. They don't let her do that in this new form. And by all indications, they're going to go right back to doing that. And I got a problem with that. Cher? I agree with everything that Connor said. But the best part is that he doesn't have to be bald now. Because whoever decided to make that man shave his head, that was a bad idea. He looks so much better with hair. Also, those two are gorgeous. They could make them such like a good pair together. Let her wrestle. Let her do something other than be like, whenever she comes out, it's just Here's weird. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Can it all get to you? Greg, finish your point. See, the Karrion Cross thing for him being bald was a Karrion Cross decision, and he said so in an interview with Chris Van Vliet, which I saw on TikTok. Who listens to that guy? <laughs> I'm just saying, it, she wanted to know whose decision it was, so there's whose decision it was. It was a bad one. I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> my biggest problem with the Karrion Cross thing on SmackDown is that Cross, McIntyre, and Reigns are all on SmackDown. It doesn't solve the world title problem for Raw. So that's why I have to bump the rating down a little bit. Because, sure, Karrion Cross is back. You can split up the titles, but they're still all on SmackDown. So who is going to go to Raw? Do you have the draft solve that problem? Do you have one of McIntyre or Cross go to Raw in the interim? I mean, you have to logistically solve that problem before you build up another opponent to Reigns, and you still have the world titles unified. Money in the Bank isn't going to solve the problem. It sounds like they're still unified. So Triple H has a lot of work to do to undo the creative bollocks, for lack of a better term, of Vince McMahon. So that's why I give it a B minus. I can't go higher than that because it's too early. But I do want to say I am excited for the first Triple H creative controlled Royal Rumble in January. They didn't get your hand up. Yeah, I disagree with everybody shitting all over Karrion Cross's NXT gimmick. The reason why it was not that great there is because it didn't fit with the style of NXT. His presentation in NXT was always meant for the main roster. He was trying to make sure that he built somebody strong and Vince would actually take this character because Vince hated every character that Hunter made. So he was trying to make a good character that Vince would like. And so I really like this Karrion Cross presentation. I'm not a fan of the spooky shit. I can take it or leave it, but it's different. He looks strong. Scarlet is spooky <laughs> as hell. And I love that spooky style. Oh, spooky's awful. Get out of here, Caden. Share. He made him that character, and then they didn't take that character when they called him up. But, they but got that's rid not, of Scarlet, and they gave him a Triple fucking H's helmet fault. and made him look. No, I'm not saying that it is, but I'm saying the character still sucked. <laughs> like they still called him up. He didn't keep that character. He looked like he was coming out of a freaking S and M store with the helmet on all the time. Like. It made no sense. It was bad. Scarlet is not spooky. She's just like a hot chick wearing black. Like, it. it's just, that's all that it is. And I mean, Caden's like 12, so it might be scary to him, but it's not to me. <laughs> Greg? 
I feel like the main reason that Karrion Cross didn't succeed as much as he could have in NXT was because he had the in-your-house match against Champa, which he won, and he beat Keith Lee, but then he was out for nine months shortly after he debuted. So he lost all momentum that he had. People were excited about the entrance because it was something different. His in-ring work, you know, is really up to you to decide, but he lost all of his momentum because he got hurt. He was off TV. He came back and nobody really wanted to see cross beat Finn Balor at that takeover. So, you know, he lost a lot of respect that way, but that's really not his own fault. It was the way he was kind of booked. So maybe hopefully, hopefully triple H will now that he's back, reinvigorate carrying cross give him a little bit of change to his personality the theme song's still there scarlet's still there but hopefully this is a different cross than we saw in nxt Kaden, look as long as he's on tv and actually defending the championship if he gets it i'll be happy roman's not ever there just give us somebody who's going to be there and defend the championship and is not just going to do an eight minute entrance say acknowledge me hit a few little moves and then just fucking end the match i don't care we're not we're not gonna speak ill of the tribal chief and his great wrestling all right roman reigns has been he's he's god mode out here we're not speaking ill of the tribal chief okay caden connor anything to add to wrap this thing up uh y'all are doing caden you're trying to really go hard and greg too you're trying to really defend a guy that signed on for control your narrative so (laughs) oh 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 shit! That's that's like that's that's. I am giving five points for that. I gotta update this thing. Jesus, that's not that's wrong. fair. Not to, wrong. There's in my defense, in my defense, I didn't even remember control your narrative existed. So that kind of <laughs> hey, don't worry. We're gonna talk about control your narrative here on this show. Uh, oh boy. Here, here, this show later on. So get ready, folks. In my de- in my defense, I bought a ticket to the first Control Your Narrative show, and then they announced Austin Aries, and I said, "Give me a refund immediately." All right. On one hand, like you get sort of points for that, but on the other hand, like you bought a ticket in the first place, so like, I can't. <laughs> that was before they announced everybody. That was like okay. terrible. They just I said mean, like you it was knew. EC3. I have an Alex McCarthy update. Oh, fuck Alex McCarthy. No one gives a shit about Alex McCarthy. He said, Uh, I'm holding this title for forever. (laughs) He is (laughs) because he's he's never going to appear on the show to lose it. He's the Roman Reigns of pillar to post. Listen, as somebody who doesn't defend his championship, but twice a year, like, hey, Matt, come on. You, you need to come on the show, be an honorable champion, or do what I do and have people pay you to defend the title. We Alex, have... come on the show and take this beating from me like a man. <laughs> we have a message from Alex later on. It's fine. He sent he sent me a nice message. It, it, it's fine. We'll smooth it all over. We'll get Alex McCarthy on the show. All right? Okay. Moving on. Next topic. You guys mentioned the WWE title situation, the undisputed WWE Universal championship is i believe the official name for this thing roman reigns has both titles there are reports rumors innuendo that they could be split because usa network wants their own title i will say you guys didn't mention this but they've done a good job making the u.s title feel important these past couple of weeks it's not world title level but they've made it feel like a big deal so i appreciate that as like hey this is the big championship on the show there are reports that they might split the titles roman's got to lose somehow 
how are you booking Roman Reigns to lose one of these titles uh, moving forward or to give up one of these titles? How are you getting one of these belts off of Roman Reigns, Greg Cherry? See, somebody posted an idea on Twitter. I like this idea. Do you remember WrestleMania 2000, the triple threat match, which was for the Intercontinental and the European Championship? Sadly, yes. So you do. So you do something. Hayden to wasn't that. alive yet, so he doesn't. <laughs> I was yeah. not alive. That, that, that's what Peacock is for. Uh, so you put Reigns in a match. You put McIntyre. I don't know if you put Cross in there. I wouldn't. I would probably put somebody else in there. But if they're leaning towards Cross, you know, whatever the case may be, you split up the championships, and you don't have Reigns take Reigns take a fall. Because in that event, Reigns still stays strong, but he's no longer champion. He can still be the tribal chief because he wasn't pinned. So you pin McIntyre, you pin Cross, and he loses both championships that way, and he doesn't take any of the. You're taking both titles off of him. You're taking both titles off of him, Greg Cherry. The Rock versus Roman Reigns does not need a championship. If you if you have to sell that match with a championship you're not doing it correctly that match roman reigns versus the rock at wrestlemania in hollywood sells more tickets than i you don't need the championship on the hall it's like reigns and lesnar this year you really didn't need the championship you didn't need both championships involved okay share share respond okay i agree that they don't need the championship but unless the rock is gonna be there all the time then like what the hell's roman gonna do just walk out there and be like, I'm not the champion, but I'm still the tribal chief. Acknowledge me. Like, I mean, if Ro- if they don't have enough response from The Rock on things, I mean, that man didn't even send in a video for a whole Survivor Series that was dedicated to him. Like, do you think he's going to send in weekly videos for that? <laughs> Come on now. Connor Casey. So playing off that, the thing about Roman is that ever since he came back in 2020, his obsession has not been with being world champion. It's with being acknowledged as the lead of your family. And that's always rung a little bit hollow when another member of your family uh, is one of the highest grossing actors in all of Hollywood right now. So that's where the the heelish denial aspect came from. So you can get the titles off of him. He can be pissed off for a while doing anything and everything to try and get him back and consistently failing and just getting more and more pissed off at Heyman and the Usos and go back to that great Jay Uso program from a couple of years ago. And then Rock shows up and you go, okay, now I need to actually prove that I'm the head of this family. But as for the world championship picture, you really can just have Drew beat Roman in Cardiff in front of 70,000 some odd people, get that crazy ass reaction comparable to SummerSlam 92, and then have Drew say, I only want the WWE Championship. This is the title that I actually cared about. I'm relinquishing the Universal title. And then SmackDown has to just figure that out and send Drew to Raw. That way you've got titles on both brands. Roman is still strong. He just had a 700-day reign as champion. That doesn't mean he's suddenly, that means he's not suddenly a main event draw anymore. And you figure out what to do with the universal title, and the titles are split again, fixing the biggest mistake they made at WrestleMania 38. Terrible Kidding. idea. <laughs> See, I, I don't like that idea because then if you take the title off of Roman and you know Drew goes to Raw and you leave SmackDown, who do you have on SmackDown that could legitimately be not real, Greg? It's my turn. <laughs> 
Why am I getting cut off by everybody? It is, First it of is all, Caden's turn. I did call, I did call up on Caden. Yes. Roman and The Rock is not happening. Let's all get this. Get over it. This match is never going to happen. Let's be real. Why would The Rock do this? It's never going to happen. So we need to get rid of the idea and focus on the future of the company and build actual stars with this championship. Here's what you do. We got almost a month until Clash at the Castle. Drew needs to go over there. That's a massive pop. It's a massive moment. Triple H loves his moments. He loves making those really cool moments. That's one you can do. And he also loves Drew McIntyre. So I think he will have Drew McIntyre beat Roman Reigns. But it will not be for both championships. All you do is you you have Drew in a promo say he only wants the WWE Championship. He's not going to face him for both of the titles. Or Roman says, I'm not going to defend you. Uh, I'm not going to defend both the titles. I'm going to split them. You, God, there's a million ways to get past and get to one championship being defended. And then you have Drew beat him, take the WWE Championship, and you send Drew over to Raw. And that's what you do. It's fairly simple. It's really not a complicated idea to just have one of the championships be defended. They've done this before where they've had unified championships, but only one title is being defended in a specific match. So it's not a complicated idea. You can also have Cross interfere and take out Roman, and you can keep Roman a little strong. Like you have the ref get distracted, Cross hits him with that forearm to the back of the head. It takes out Roman and Drew hits the Claymore and gets Rome and pins Roman at Clash at the Castle in Cardiff. There's a few ideas you can do there. And because Scarlet placed that clock in front and was saying TikTok to Roman, I think it's a very, it continues the story if Cross is the reason why Roman lost one of the titles. It makes sense. It keeps Roman strong. It doesn't take away from Drew's win in Cardiff because all we're going to be talking about is that Drew won in Cardiff. We're going to be talking about that 70,000 fan reaction. Sure. Okay. I think that the variable that we are all forgetting here is Austin Theory with the briefcase. Well, yeah, there's a reason we've forgotten about this. Man. Oh, yeah. No one gives a shit I about agree. Theory. I, I agree. <laughs> but he can come out to try to cash in and Drew pin him. And Roman didn't do anything. Wasn't Roman's fault that he lost the title because it got made a triple threat. And Drew beat him like there are so many ways that they can make Roman strong but can, no go ahead can, can I just can we just make a point about this whole keeping Roman strong making him look strong worrying about him taking a pinfall guys it's okay to pin your big star if oh, it's I a agree. big match you can bounce right back here's a perfect example Steve Austin held the WWE championship six times none of those reigns were particularly very long and he, and he took the loss, and guess what? He was still freaking Stone Cold Steve Austin. You, I agree. You take a loss and bounce right back. Everyone's so afraid of Roman losing the belts because, God forbid, if he does, what happens? He's still the tribal chief. I think – so oh, I, I'm, I'm going to – go ahead, Cher. Go ahead, Cher. I agree. I just don't know that the powers that be <laughs> – would agree with that. That's always been a thing with them. But it's McMahon thinking. That's not Triple H thinking. When when is Cody Rhodes coming back? Because that is who it was set up to be. So like, when are we going to get Cody back? But the better question is, when are we going to get Stardust 
to dethrone both titles off of Roman Reigns. Oh boy! Look! 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 She, I thought she. Oh my god! Here. Yeah, we, we got we got Oh. Yeah, she's got the gloves, the mask. I got the, the mask. Where's Stefan Jensen everything. for all this right I, now? I got everything. Do you know how Stephen. proud Steven Jensen Stephen. was of me? I showed him that tattoo before I showed it to anyone else. He was so proud. Kaden, My mother was not. <laughs> Look, here's why I'm a little bit more worried about keeping Roman strong. You've spent two years building this guy up as your man. I don't really care. Like, you can pin him. I personally don't care. But if I'm thinking in terms of the booking and the importance of it, when you've spent two years building up a top guy, that defeat needs to really have an impact. The first time he loses 100% clean, takes a pin, gets submitted, whatever that is, you need to have as much impact as possible, and it needs to have a big payoff. I love Drew, but Drew is not the guy that should do that and get the full power of it. It's good, but it needs to be for somebody like a Braun Breaker, a young star that you have 10 to 15 more years of, not Drew. Who's Oh, my God. Greg is adamant that he gets that he gets called on here. Greg? Okay, so I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Like, Braun Breaker, his moment will be in the future. This has to be Drew McIntyre, and here's why. Who was the first and only person to kick out of the end of days? Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. Like it is setting him up. Did they have a match at WrestleMania? Guy. They did. Yes. Yeah, they did have a match at WrestleMania. It wasn't did not watch that. I, I took a bathroom but, break during that one. But it is a big deal because Corbin, ever since he was in NXT, nobody kicked out of the end of days for like six, seven years. And Drew is the first one to do it at WrestleMania. And he picked up the win. So if you take that moment away, and yes, Corbin is not like a main event guy. Corbin is like still in the mid card, but he, Corbin, is also the last person to pin Roman Reigns. So if you take both of those moments and combine them, Corbin, the last person to beat Reigns, McIntyre, the first person to kick out of the end of days, it only makes sense that McIntyre is the one to beat Roman in Cardiff. It has to be Roman. We're not going to wait for Braun Breaker. He's going to be in NXT for a bit. And there's really nobody else it can be. This is Drew's moment to make up for the fact that WrestleMania 36 had zero fans. It is Drew's moment, period, end. Chair? Um... I guarantee you that Vince McMahon did not know that nobody had kicked out of the end of days when they set up that match. Mm -hmm. He had no idea that that was a thing. Kind of like, um, who was it that was on like a winning streak for forever? With, with and... Malachi. Malachi yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he just lost. Like, he has no idea that that was a thing. So I don't think that that really had anything to do with it. Um, you can hear my dog barking downstairs now. But I do think... We can make this come full circle, and the person to take one of the titles off of Roman could be Jay Uso. We started all of this with Jay. Jay takes the title off of him. He's losing control of the family. I think that it would be actually entertaining because I'm sorry, Drew McIntyre bores the shit out of me. Kaden, last point on this. 
this will be fairly quick. What do we have? Like, what have we been saying for years about WWE? They need to build young new stars. Drew McIntyre is 37. Do I think he should win at Cardiff? 100%. But should he be the person who gets that full, like, impact of clean beating Roman, pinning him, the first person to pin him in, like, three years, clean, 100% clean as a sheet? Not It shouldn't be someone who's 37. It should be a young guy that you've got 15 to 20 more years of, not Drew, who's maybe got five years left. I feel like you're pushing for younger guys because you yourself are the young boy here. <laughs> I'd probably. And also, mid 30s is not that old. No, Thank no. you very much. You're, you're hitting your prime. <laughs> I, I know, but I'd rather it be for someone who's got 15 years instead of someone who's got five. At the end of the opening bell, we have Connor Casey with 13, Cher Delaware with 12, Caden with 13, and Greg with 12. We're going to move on to push or bury. Very simple. I'll give you a statement. You decide whether you agree with the statement, in which case you push it, or you disagree with the statement, in which case you bury it. John Moxley, the reigning AEW interim world champion, his title reign has been better than that of Hangman Page. You push or bury this. Caden? Oh, Caden's still muted. <laughs> I, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna push this. I think Hangman's reign was not really great, like well done by AEW in terms of the impact. They focused on pretty much everybody else before they focused on Hangman, like besides the women, because Tony doesn't ever care about the women. But they basically just gave him good, like he had really good matches. Danielson. Hey, uh, Danielson, Adam Cole, and Lance Archer, those were all good matches, but never really got prime story time, never was in the main event segments of really most Dynamites that he was doing promos on. Moxley, on the other hand, well, I think the reign hasn't been as powerful as it should be. He's having consistent, very good to great matches with pretty much everybody possible like when did we never thought that mance warner would be on rampage wrestling john moxley who was the champion at the time like that was never a thought that crossed my mind ever since i even learned who mance warner was so i think that's a really Just cool aspect that, that they've added this is basically their john cena united states champion run but it's with the world title so it's something different that i don't think we've really ever seen in pro wrestling where it's a main champion consistently every single week having matches with these guys who are not the top of the top it's really cool it's really different and john moxley is my favorite wrestler so he can do no wrong greg push or bury john moxley's reign is being better than hangman page's reign I would also push this. I, I feel like the moment of Hangman Page winning the AEW Championship was a bigger deal than the rest of his reign. Did he have good matches? Sure. He had the Texas Death Match against Lance Archer. He had the 60-minute classic that went to a draw with Brian Danielson, as well as like the 30-plus minute follow-up against Danielson. They were great matches. He had the series of matches against Adam Cole as well. The problem was it never felt like the biggest deal. It felt like he had achieved his moment and that was the peak of Hangman's title reign. 
it felt like he took a back seat to other championships, to other feuds. And it, it just didn't feel as important with Moxley. And maybe this is just me. Moxley has more of the star power than Hangman Page does. He appeals to more of an audience than Hangman Page does. I love Hangman Page. I love John Moxley. That's just my personal opinion that Moxley can reach out. And yes, the WWE exposure from Moxley being there as Ambrose does help. But as far as I'm concerned, Moxley doing a few other feuds is still at the top of his game and he will be there. And I think it's going to be him and Punk whenever Punk does come back to unify the championships. Connor, Pusher, Barry, Hangman or John Moxley having a better run than Hangman Page. I'm going to bury this, and I want you guys to actually look at the two championship rings together. Take your fandoms out of this for a second and actually look at how they're being presented as champions. The big problem with Moxley right now is he's had three title defenses, but I didn't think for one second when he was taking on Mansur or Roosh that he was actually going to lose the title. There's no drama behind that. We know that this is all leading to a unification match between him and CM Punk. When that happens, we're not quite sure. We're hoping all out, but jury's still out on, on Punk's foot. We're all still waiting for that. So everything we're seeing right now is just wheel spinning. Meanwhile, with Hangman, immediately after he wins the title, he's in jeopardy. Brian Danielson walks out there and everyone goes, oh, crap. Hangman might lose this as soon as he's won it. There was real legitimate drama in those first two matches. And then the Texas death match against Lance Archer, better than it had any right to be. And then he gets to Adam Cole. And the only complaint I can honestly give about Hangman Page's title reign is he had one too many title matches with Cole. Both were fine, but by the second one, we're like, okay, I've had enough of Cole bad-mouthing Page. But I actually believed at some point that Cole could beat Page, dethrone him for the title, and walk around as world champion. I don't think anybody is touching Mox, so all of his matches are, yeah, they're fun, but they're kind of background fodder right now. I don't think for a second that anyone is actually going to touch him. So where's the drama when he walks out there and says, I'm going to have a match that's had two days of build against a guy who's not actually under contract with us. How, how am I supposed to get invested in that as opposed to, Hey, uh, hangman page just won the world title, but you've got a lot of uh, confidence issues. Here's the best wrestler in the world. Try and beat him. They haven't come anywhere near that yet. Um, I I agree. I'm going to bury it as well. Um, I was there when Hangman won. And when Brian Danielson came out, everyone knows how I feel about Brian Danielson. I think he is the greatest wrestler in the world. And when he came out, I was like, oh, my God. Like I, I was convinced that he was going to lose it immediately. And I love John Moxley as champion. And I love him with his, you know, like, give me whoever. But did anyone think that Mance was going to beat him? No. And I love Mance, but it wasn't going to happen. Half the people didn't even know who Mance was. Like, it, it's just, no one has been a legitimate competitor for Moxley. We know Moxley's not going to lose it before he goes against Punk. Like, that's what the match is going to be, him against Punk. So we're just kind of buying time right now. And there were many times when I thought Hangman would lose to... I. I thought he would lose to Brian, and then I really thought that at Revolution he was going to lose it to Adam Cole. So, I, and I mean, I was there. The crowd was insane. It, everybody with their Adam chants and let's go Adam and Adam sucks and, you know, just 
pick a side, but that was one of the most intense crowds for that. And there were so many near falls. I really like those matches were really good to me and I enjoy John Moxley, but his matches just haven't had the same intensity. It has been a short amount of time though, but I, I would have to go with hangman. You guys are disrespecting the wizard, Chris Jericho, who's clearly going to win the title tomorrow he's night. not the wizard tomorrow night jeremy he's the lion oh, oh right the lion. i was about to say pain maker but he already did that one well regardless you're disrespecting chris jericho who's gonna win the title to set up punk and jericho in a wrestlemania whatever rematch uh wow. look at connor casey look at connor casey right off the top of the dome like that what SP3 year was wrestlemania never... 28 2012 yep never wow. watched it <sighs> Pusher Barry, we're going to move on to our next topic. Pusher Barry, Sasha Banks, and Naomi, should they return, jumping right back into the tag team division? Connor Casey. I push it only because it's the it's the giant elephant in the room that needs to be addressed. Everyone and their mother who follows Sasha and Naomi right now, they know the circumstances that led to them leaving the company. And they know that it had a big deal, a, a big part of that was how they felt they were being positioned as the tag team champions. They drop the belts on Johnny Ace's desk and they walk out. You can't really ignore that if you're going to bring them back. They're not going to outright say, we left because we were being booked shittily as tag champs. But the elephant does need to be addressed in some shape or form. Now, once you get past that, yeah, put Sasha back in the actual you know singles division, have her go for a singles championship again. Naomi can do the same. But for right out of the gate, no, let, let's address why they were gone before we start doing other stuff with them. Greg Cherry, Pusher, Barry, Sasha, and Naomi jumping back into the tag division. Should they return? I mean, Connor kind of nailed it. Like He absolutely nailed it because Sasha and Naomi have to tie up that loose end. You can't just reintroduce them as singles competitors and then not talk about it again. That seems like a very Vince McMahon move. So yes, I would bring them back, have them feud with whoever the tag team champions are, maybe even win them back, defend them a few times, but I would probably end their tag team title reign shortly before the Royal Rumble because I believe Sasha needs her one-on-one -on -one moment. She's had that ripped from her countless times she should have had it at this past year's wrestlemania against charlotte she didn't i don't know how many times her only successful women's championship reign happened during the pandemic she needs a good reign in front of a crowd because the crowd loves sasha banks whether anybody likes to admit it or not when anybody wants to talk about her promo skill or whatever sasha banks captivates a crowd so i would give her that singles push would you have her win the rumble I don't know. I might make up for the fact that she only lasted 10 minutes in this past year's. But yes, bring Sasha and Naomi back for the tag team titles. Have them win it. Have them defend it for a few months. And then end their reign before the Royal Rumble comes in January. Caden, Sasha, and Naomi, should they return? Jump into I'm, the tag division. Push your back. I'm going to bury this because I don't think they should return to WWE immediately. I uh, think that both of these women should go somewhere else first and go do something different. These women have never gotten to wrestle really anywhere else other than WWE. That's where they've been most like all pretty much all of their career. So they should go do something different. You can go to AEW, go to Impact, go to Japan, go wrestle the indies. I think Naomi's a little bit more Okay, let's be honest. I like I like your contrarian point. They ain't going to impact. Come on now. I but no, okay. I 
I was clarifying. I don't think Sasha will do Impact and all of that. I think she could do Japan because I think that's something that's on her bucket list of wrestling is to go work in Japan for a little bit. But I think that she could 100% go to AEW. She will be their top women's star immediately, do some dream matches, build up a little bit of a name somewhere else and do something a little different and then go back to WWE in a few years or go right into acting. She could also just go straight into acting right now. There's a lot of opportunities that they have right now. They This whole story is very well known. My mom heard about this. That's how popular that this is a lot of people know what's going on with Sasha and Naomi outside of the wrestling bubble so I don't think that they should immediately go back to WWE they have a name they have popularity they've got a lot behind them they can go do other things and it doesn't like like I said it doesn't have to be wrestling Sasha can go act for a little bit go do some work they got Mando season three that I don't know if they've started filming or if they filmed they or have, about to start filming Hmm? they have she's already confirmed she's not in it look at connor casey with the comic they can find a show for her disney loved her she's gonna get other acting gigs she can go do all right kaden shut up share pusher berry sasha and naomi um i absolutely think that they need to come back i don't see naomi wrestling anywhere else um I think that if she, that's my dog, I'm so sorry. He has a really annoying toy. Um, I think that if she is done in WWE, she's done wrestling. I don't see her wrestling anywhere else. Um, Sasha, maybe, but we'll see. But I agree with Connor as well that they need to address it. I could absolutely just see them having both of them return at the Royal Rumble and acting like it never happened too, though. So, you know, we may have Sasha come out at 30 in the Rumble and win it all. You never know. Last topic on Pusher Barry. I apologize. Oh, Greg, you make a point. The, the only thing I don't like about Sasha and Naomi coming out in the Rumble is if one of them comes back, you know the other one's going to come back. That's the only thing I don't like. Listen, I love my Royal Rumble surprises. Maybe. But, but you know, I mean, Naomi's it's not there, like they're... It's not like they're a legitimate tag team, though. It's not like they were like the Iconics. They got thrown together as a tag team. So Sasha Banks I mean, is very much her own bad. person. They were team bad. Yeah. So. Sasha but, is very much her own person. So was I mean, yeah. Here's my thing, though. If you tie them together, Naomi and Sasha Banks, people talk about them together all the time. So if Naomi comes out like 15, everybody's going to be anticipating that Sasha Banks comes out later in the match. And as somebody who is at the 2014 Royal Rumble with everybody chanting yes for number 30, and it was Rey Mysterio, and they buried the match, you don't want to do that in the Rumble. It's fair. That's fair. Um, last topic for Pusher Barry. I apologize again for doing this. So control your narrative put out press release saying they want to unite the brands. They want to work with independent promotions. They want to get everybody on the same page. So push or bury the idea of control your narrative working with impact wrestling share Delaware. Why is this a question? I don't know. Um, I thought it was, I thought, thought it'd be interesting. <laughs> What do you, okay. I mean, control your narrative. It's like the, the hottest promotion out there from, from what I've heard. Yeah. 
Um, I'm sure. So control your narrative with impact wrestling, to be honest, that shit would not surprise me. Not even a little bit. I mean, honestly, EC3 is probably paying people more at control your narrative than impact is. So, you know, we'll see, but, uh, are they going to have them come out and cut their weird ass promos like they did at control your narrative because yeah, like ROH, like did it on the ROH that. show. I didn't get to watch that either. So, uh, I, I, please go to someone else. I can't, I can't deal with this. <laughs> Connor Casey. Yeah. You're excited to talk about control your narrative. I can tell. Pardon me as I clutch my nuts. Um, <laughs> Give him points for that, please. I am. I gotta. I gotta update. <laughs> I need automatic scoring here. It's a lot of clicking going on that people may or may not be able to see from behind the scenes. I need, you know, an actual oh fancy God. setup here to to do this. If anybody has suggestions on how to do all that, I'd be more than appreciative. Uh, there you go, Connor. So it's it's not happening. Impact Wrestling. There they are many things, but they're at least somewhat self aware enough to know that this is a brand you really don't want to be affiliated with. They know all too well about Austin Aries and Austin's a part of this organization. So they're, they're very aware and they know EC3. They're very aware of the, of who they're dealing with when it comes to that promotion. So no, I don't see impact who's, you know, they're, they're chugging along doing their own thing and they're doing just fine right now with it. They don't need to dip into this pool. No, thank you. Greg Cherry. What do you think of impact potentially that this isn't potential at all? Theoretically partner partnering with control your narrative. Listen, I, I don't think impact needs to associate with control your narrative in the least bits and control your narrative. I'm surprised is even still around quite frankly. I understand EC three wanted to have his own way. He wanted to be the big star that he was an impact for a short time. He was their world champion and he wants to kind of reclaim that glory after he really didn't do much of anything on the WWE main roster. I mean, you saw the way he entered. He basically just gave up when they were throwing the EC3s up there. It was kind of depressing. So he's trying to recapture that glory, and it's not happening. And with everybody else, nobody wants to associate with Austin Aries anymore. I mean, we've seen the problem child that he is. When he was with WWE, when he was with Impact, both times that he got fired. It's just not a good thing. You don't want Austin Aries associated with you. I would wouldn't be surprised if you know what's his face elias his old buddy i tried to forget his name you know who was the guy ezekiel um, no not ezekiel the gunner jackson Riker. yes yeah jackson Riker. see i completely forgot his name that's how irrelevant he is to me and i used to work at an indie show that he appeared at once so like i completely forgot he existed i wouldn't be surprised if he ended up there and then what do you call that? Control your narrative. It, it's terrible. Nobody wants to be associated with it because of the connotations that it leads. There's no reason Impact would need to associate with them at all. Caden, as the only, I, I believe the only person who has bought a ticket to control your narrative. What do you think of control your narrative working with Impact Wrestling? 
I'm burying this. Like, this is not going to happen. Control your narrative spent all of their existence just shitting on every company possible and basically saying everything they do is complete bullshit. The reason why they're trying to do this is because they realize that they're a failing promotion who will not make a single dollar back. Nobody cares about Control Your Narrative. I don't know why we're talking about this because Control Your Narrative is complete garbage. And, you know... I you purchased a you ticket, Kaden. You bought the ticket. Take points I away requested from a refund. I After made sure I got my money else. back. Share, I because I met you the night I was supposed to go to the Control Your Narrative show, and I made sure I got my refund. I did not want to go to that. I've been I have been invited to go behind the scenes at Control Your Narrative, and I declined because I'm not going anywhere near it. And then I looked at their touring schedule. They're coming to Austin, where I live. They're going to a venue I've never heard of. They're an irrelevant company. Nobody cares about Control Your Narrative. They literally mean nothing to a single person. You still bought the ticket. Can I I, I I get a refund? Can I point something out? One of their stupid rules they put out at the beginning was no Canadian destroyers. What company invented the Canadian destroyer? Impact. Impact Wrestling. <laughs> they like, released this no never Canadian going, Destroyers. Yes. They, they put out their rules where it was yeah. like you're the you're the storyteller. I don't. I don't. No topes. No super kids. Do any of those? <laughs> See, their rules sounded more like a video game challenge that you do on Twitch as opposed to like actual rules for a wrestling match. <laughs> like, no Canadian destroyers. Hey, you can't press the B button, and you have to have one <laughs> arm tied behind your back while you're doing like the you know the chubby bunny challenge or something. It was completely ridiculous. I, I don't understand. Chubby what, bunny. I don't understand why you need those rules. It's like, just have them wrestle. Why do you need these specific rules that nobody, literally nobody cares about? Kaden, you're one point behind Share Delaware, so you better make this a very good point if you want to attempt to stay in this game. Look, I get it. Impact is not really paying a lot of money, so I get why they would want to try to partner with them, but this is, like, never, never going to happen you just we called out the rules i know it's not going to happen it's a complete hypothetical <laughs> they're trying to work with independent promotions i'm the these rules that's Caden, everybody he's he's gone <laughs> he doesn't have anything to plug so i don't need to bring him on to plug anything so you can watch him sometimes on fmc mondays at 8 30 here on fightful overbooked he's sometimes there Good showing, Caden. Good job. Good debut showing. You know, virginity, your first time, it doesn't last very long. So it lasted longer than most. Uh, we have, speaking of somebody, I don't know what I was going speaking of, uh, somebody who's not here, uh, but sent in a video message. He has claims that I'm trying to hold him back on this show. His claims that this, this show is rigged. It is fixed. I don't understand any of it. I don't think he's correct. He's not here. He got the invite to show up. He couldn't make it, but he sent in a message. It's SP3. No justice, no peace, no SP3, Jeremy. I'm sick of this. Last time on Pillar Post, you screw me over. 
I got the most points. I made the most points. I made the best debates, the best arguments. I stood on my own plane above everyone else. I am the rightful pillar to post champion. You got an interim champion. You got a real world champion. But it's me. Me. The man that has gotten more screwed over than Gianna Michaels SP3. And that is why I have started the Occupy Pillar to Post protest. You're making a damn alliance to end me. You can never end me. You can't even book this show on every single Tuesday. That is why no justice, no peace, no SP. I cut him off. Get out of here, SP3. I will book this the show. The video didn't Tuesday even The video didn't too. even play for me, so I was just like, okay. <laughs> SP3 is trying. He's trying to claim. I don't know what he's trying to claim. He's not here though. I invited him to show up, but this is why he didn't show up. He's, he's claiming that it's all corrupt. I get it. What can you do? It, it's his tag team partner that won't show up to defend the title. All right, it's not my fault. Let's move on to our next, our next round. It's pick 'em, everybody. You just give a quick answer and then maybe a little explanation. Pick 'em, first one, first, first topic. First AEW trios champions, who you picking? Greg Cherry. I mean, it's the creation of the titles was basically based around the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. So if it's not them, I don't know who else it could be. It's got to be Omega returning and the Young Bucks in the tournament. Connor Casey. It's going to be the House of Black. Kenny Omega is not healthy enough to come back yet, and it's a tournament, so you have to start at the beginning in order to advance and make it to the finals. He can't just show up right at the end. Same goes with Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. They're not cleared to wrestle right now, so it's not going to be on the Undisputed Era, whatever they're going to wind up calling them. It has to be an actual trio that can be there from start to finish. I think House of Black have been fantastic so far as a group. They don't have any gold right now. This is a great way to get them. Get- all right. Well, you're getting muted for saying House of Black's been fantastic from the start. Share Delaware. <laughs> um, the only logical trio to win it is FTR Housen. I mean, we saw them as a trio. They are fantastic. Seriously, just have FTR have more gold out there just kicking everybody's ass. And then Dan Housen gets the pin every time and gets to walk around like... I'm Dan Housen and I have a championship. Like, be fantastic. I'm not mad at that idea. I'm really not mad at that idea. Uh, pick him. Ric Flair had his last match the other week. He, he was victorious, teaming with Andrade against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Who would you pick to have a big last match celebration the same way Ric Flair had a big last match celebration? Share Delaware. So are we saying people that are already retired or they could, they could be retired or maybe you just 
you you want them to retire, so you will pick them to just <laughs> go ahead and do your last match. <laughs> I mean, I wish we could have got something like that for Bret Hart because I feel like he's much more deserving for something like that. But um, we all know that I'm a HBK stan too, and um, after he came back with his wonky eye and bald head and kind of ruined his retirement, I feel like. He could, and I mean, he was the best wrestler in that match. How sad was that? That man had not wrestled in so long and was easily the best in that match. Um, he'd have to fix his eye, though, before he could crack because it's a little messed up. But um, yeah, I I don't know that there's anyone that I would want to go to like a whole weekend of events to see stuff for. I mean, to be honest, I skipped all the Rick stuff. But it'd be a um, whole weekend. Just a, just an event. Just a just big event. event. One, one I show. mean, of yeah. current wrestlers, of someone that would deserve that, I would say Brian Danielson. That's Connor Casey. Who would you want? Who deserves a last match, big celebration, similar to that Ric Flair got? So, Sherry, you had it right at the start. It's Bret Hart. You know, the guy had his career tragically cut short by an errant kick from one Bill Goldberg. And then Goldberg. his last and then his uh, his a return match against Vince McMahon, you know, back in the early 2010s. That was kind of a joke. So let's give him an actual match. Better yet, let's give it a three on one him and FTR against Goldberg. FTR beats the crap out of him. Brett gets to lock in the sharpshooter and get the get the tap out and send the crowd home happy. I am buying a ticket that. right now. Yeah. I'm going. I'm, I'm, I'm buying a ticket to that as well. Greg Cherry, <laughs> we should get a last match celebration similar to Ric Flair. See, as much as I love Shawn Michaels and as much as Cher was right, Shawn was the best performer in that god-awful tag team match. We got to give it to somebody who really deserved to have a last match and have it be a bigger deal than it was. And that's my fellow Clarion University graduate, Kurt Angle, because his last match against Corbin was not that great. It was not even really held in that much high regard. It was like a six-minute match just to get Kurt through to say he had a final match. Listen, I like Corbin, but Angle deserved to go out in a better way. So give him a match against somebody that will you really give him a good match. I don't know who you would put him up against. If you put him against somebody from AEW, like an Angle Omega match would probably be amazing, even if Kurt couldn't really do a whole lot. But I feel like something like that, something like that to give Kurt Angle, a guy who gave his neck for this business on multiple occasions and almost ruined his life over it, he deserves to have a good final match to go out on. I think he would do better than Flair did in his, let's be honest. Ric Flair was 73. I mean, it wasn't good, but the man's 73. I'll, I'll cut him some slack on that. Uh, all right, at the end of Pick'em, Connor Casey in the lead with 28, Greg Cherry with 27, Cher Delaware, the low person, with 26. Would you like to plug anything, Cher? This is my dog. <laughs> he is the best person that I know. Fair. Very fair. His name Thank is you, Harry Cher. Potter. Is that his real name, Harry Potter? Yes, spelled no. H-A-I-R-Y-P-A-W-T-E-R. But my kids keep calling him Brother Blue, so he doesn't know what the hell his name is. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I've never seen uh, those movies. I've seen one of them twice. That's it. That's it. I've never seen joining. a Harry Potter movie, so. 
we just named it that. It's a good name. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Cher. You can watch Cher on FMT oh on Mondays at 8.30. Proof that this show, Cher's just being attacked by her dog. Proof that this show is not corrupted because I just booted my two FMC partners off of this. Can't help it that SP3, like I boot him every week as well because he's he's not good. Just like Sharon Kaden, we're not good enough to make it to the final round. We're at the final round now. The showdown between Greg Cherry and Connor Casey. It's the final bell. A lot of talk of guys moving free agents. You know, a lot of people coming back to WWE. Tony Khan was amused that guys could just get out of their contracts and go to WWE. Uh, now that Triple H has taken over. Let's let's hypothetically, let's put together a trade here. A WWE AEW trade. Right? What what kind of trade would you throw out there to, to make both companies a little bit better? And because you are the, the challenger here, Greg Cherry, you have to go first. Okay. So in theory, if WWE and AEW wanted to organize a trade, I would probably take and I hate to do this because I love her. If she came back, I would take Sasha Banks and trade her to AEW because that women's division needs help as much as it possibly can. And Sasha Banks has the star power and the talent to work with that division. And yes, Madison Rain just got there too. But you need a big name women's star to get people to care. Listen, Thunder Rose is great, but... I don't think she's going to take the women's division to the next level. So Sasha Banks will go to AEW. Um, I would also take uh, probably, I would take Tommaso Ciampa and send him to AEW too. He just had a great match against Bobby Lashley on Raw. And there are plans to push him. But I feel like Ciampa would be a guy who would, might, might be used even a little bit better in AEW. Now from AEW, I would probably take... Whew. this one's tough. I would probably bring back Adam Cole. I don't think he needs, you know, O'Reilly and fish anymore. I would just bring back Adam Cole on his own. And with that said, if you're trading women, if you're going to take Adam Cole, you got to take Dr. Britt Baker. So I, I think that's the trade I would be happy to make. Bring Britt Baker and Adam Cole to WWE. Send Sasha Banks and Champa to AEW. And I think both sides could win in that aspect. Britt would bring a little bit more excitement to the promos in the women's division. She would be a great fit on SmackDown because SmackDown needs the help in the women's division desperately. And Adam Cole would bring some life, whether it was on SmackDown or on Raw. He could fit anywhere, especially in Triple H's NXT. Or Connor WWE. Casey. Connor Casey, what trade are you making? So I am I'm sending two from AEW to WWE, and they're getting two in return. I am sending the current tag team champions. I am sending Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland back to WWE because I firmly believe Triple H had as much optimism in those two as many of the fans did. I firmly believe, after Keith Lee's interactions with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, that man was a WrestleMania main eventer. Vince McMahon did not see it. He did the weird Bearcat thing. He let, he let him slip through his fingers. I thought that was the biggest steal AEW has had over the past couple of years. And Swerve Strickland is a 
future world champion in any company he's in. That man has all the potential in the world, and only a fraction of it has been realized so far. But you need a fair trade from WWE side. So I'm so sending over from them. I'm sending Drew McIntyre, an established main eventer and former world champion as is right now. And I'm sending a future world champion in Montez Ford. Ford has, like everybody has been saying, all the potential in the world. He's ready-made to take that next big leap. He's just not hit it yet. I, I, I see him and Swerve on that same kind of level. They're both inches away from massive stardom. So it's a fair trade on both sides, and you're trading over two main eventers in the process. I like the balls on your trade, Connor Casey, because I would not have thought of Drew McIntyre, Montez Ford. I'm going to give the point to Connor Casey on that it was, it was a big patrick waugh size balls move that he was trying to make there another topic from this past weekend a a a and w easy for me to say uh a and w aired their no a a and e jesus uh a and e a and w is the roofier yeah, the, the hot dog place yeah sorry oh fuck uh a and e aired their wwe legends biography on lex luger this past weekend, uh, some Hall of Fame talk from from Lex Luger. Talking, he said he might try to walk the stage if he got inducted. But my question is, not does Lex Luger deserve to go in, but should Lex Luger go in, or would you take Psycho Sid to go into the WWE Hall of Fame? Which one are you taking, Connor Casey? I'm taking Luger only because I have never felt the same obsession for Sid oh. that Eric Bischoff and Vince McMahon had where somehow that man is a four-time former world champion, the same number of world titles as one Seth Rollins. But when you ask people, what, what memories do you have of Sid in either company? It's either the horrific leg break, the we're live pal, or shit in his britches when he's fighting Undertaker at WrestleMania. There, there's no good memory of Sid in either company, despite how many main events that man had. At, at least with Luger, you had a cool-looking bus. Greg Cherry, who are you taking in the Hall of Fame first, Sid or Lex Luger? I would probably take Sid. Sid at least main event WrestleMania, and he did it twice against Hogan oh, and The Undertaker, two of the biggest stars that the WWE has ever had. I understand Luger's had his big moment winning the WCW Championship on the 100th episode of Nitro all the way back in 1997, I want to say it was. But it, it's... Luger was not that big a deal in comparison to Sid as far as the WWE went. He had his chance at WrestleMania against Yokozuna, and that was all the further he went, and he never regained that sort of relevance. Sid went to WWE in the early 90s, made a event against Hogan, left for a little bit, came back, won the championship twice by beating Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, and made a event WrestleMania against The Undertaker. If we're just talking WWE legacies, the edge got to go to Sid. The correct answer is Sid, Connor Casey. Sid's the GOAT. Come on now. That's the best right there. I actually like Lex Luger, but Sid, he got Madison Square Garden to boo Shawn Michaels at the, at the height of his run. I mean, at the height, it was on the downswing. But regardless, Madison Square Garden booing Shawn Michaels, winning the title. That's the moment people should remember from Sid, not shit in his pants. All right, one-to-one. Last one, Bobby Lashley has talked about doing uh, some, some bare-knuckle fighting against uh, potentially Mike Tyson. He's been contacted 
about it. This is from Fightful's uh, Sean Ross Sapp when he interviewed him. Who'd win in a fight between Bobby Lashley and Mike Tyson in a bare-knuckle boxing match at their current ages, mind you. We're not talking prime Mike Tyson or anything. They step in the ring. They both get, you know, we'll, we'll say four months of training. Who you got in that fight, Greg Cherry? I might have to give the edge to Lashley in this one. Listen, I understand that Mike Tyson is a boxing legend, and he has been that for many, many years. Lashley, however, yes, he is in his, what, mid-40s, I believe, but he is still in ridiculous shape. He has MMA training, and he had a relatively successful run in MMA. I feel like with his history with being in the military and his ridiculous athleticism and the fact that he can still go today and perform at a high level, I feel like his athleticism and his endurance and his stamina would be better than Tyson's. Tyson, yes, is the better boxer, but Lashley is the overall better athlete, in my opinion. So I would have to give the edge to Lashley just on that. Connor Casey, who you got in this fight? So you would think the obvious answer would be Lashley, given he's younger, he's had some cage fighting experience, but I have to go with Tyson. The simple fact is that Lashley's strength came from his wrestling. That was his background in the military, in college, in high school, and in when he was fighting in Bellator. Meanwhile, Tyson was the greatest knockout artist we've ever seen. And you never, as a boxer, you never forget that technique. Bit of little background information about me. When I'm not doing this and when I'm not trained to be a manager, I'm an amateur boxer. And I follow this kind of stuff. God. And I follow the techniques. And you, that's those things you never forget once you've mastered them. And few have mastered it better than Tyson has. So when those two get in the ring, yeah, Bobby's going to have the athleticism. But it only takes one good shot to the chin to knock you on your ass and you're out. And Tyson knows that better than just about anybody walking the planet, regardless of his age. He doesn't have to have this thing go three rounds. He can finish it in one. Got to give the points to Connor Casey. He, he just he – just, he went facts – I'm, I'm trending to amateur box is what Connor Casey is saying out here. I do think Tyson would win for the reasons Connor pointed out. Greg Cherry, we appreciate you joining us. Go ahead and plug anything he has a plug. Greg Cherry. Uh, you can check out the Greg Cherry Show every Wednesday on the Greg Cherry Brand YouTube, 7 o'clock Eastern. Uh, we also do on Sportsman Like over on Know Your News, 8.30 p.m. Eastern with Jared Bailey. And that's really it for me. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks, Thanks man. Greg. Fuck Jared Bailey. That's all I'll say about that. Connor, before before you speak, we have a, a video from the champion from Alex McCarthy. He did send in a video. So let's 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 see. Yeah, let's see what he has to say. I've uh, been asked to cut a promo on behalf of my good friend, my mentor, uh, father figure to me, Alex McCarthy, the the pillar to post champion, the only real. Pillar to post champion. Uh, we've heard the coward accusations and the McCarthy camp strongly refute them. Um, just frankly untrue. Uh, there's absolutely no way that we can uh, give these baseless allegations any real form of uh, credibility. Alex is a great man, a busy man. Um, something a lot of you people probably wouldn't understand. Uh, so can't be here tonight for that reason. And when it comes to the interim champion... Um, let me just check his name. I can't remember his name. Connor Casey, I think. Who? Um, 
honestly, I'm, I'm racking my head to think of what he thinks to say about uh, Connor. I, I don't know who he is. Um, honestly, can't even think of anything. Who is this man? Um, but no, Alex will be back soon. Don't know when, don't know how, but he will be back. Um, and he'll put all of these interim championship rubbish bits to rest. Connor, I'm I'm sorry. Alex said, here you go, a video addressing why I'm not there. I apologize. I'm going to make it good with you and everything will be fine. And then we see fucking Louis Dangor apparently representing Alex McCarthy in this. So I don't know what to say. But the, the, the floor is yours. Okay. Okay. You know what I think of Alex McCarthy's championship reign? It's paper. It's thin. It's easy to break. It's flimsy. That's the kind of champion you are. Me? I'm the brick house. You don't knock down a brick house unless you got a lot of strength. Paper ain't knocking down a brick house. And I got Louis Dangor hopping in here asking me who I am. I'll tell Louis who he is. He's the dork that's been backing Vince McMahon for years and made that his whole gimmick. It's the reason I muted you on Twitter four months ago. She asked me who the hell I am. I'll tell you who I am. I'm the guy who's the real champion who shows up every time and knocks everybody down that Jeremy puts in front of me. And when Alex does finally decide to show his face, same thing's going to happen to him. You popped me with the, the Dangor. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Thank you for showing up and being here, Connor Casey. Unlike Alex McCarthy, that coward. We do have a super chat from uh, our Cyclops better than Wolverine. Says Cross has turned the channel heat with me. So vanilla. Hey, man, you're not the only person that feels that way. Uh, watch watch the spotlight for this week for my thoughts on Karrion Cross. I'll give my opinion on this show. Connor, thank you again. Everyone go check out Connor's work at uh, comicbook.com on Twitter at ConnorKCCV. That is right, right? ConnorKCCV? Yes, okay. All right, go go follow him on, on Twitter. Again, go to comicbook.com, write a bunch of stuff about the wrestling, doing a bunch of interviews. Great man, Connor Casey. Anything else you want to you wanna plug, say, Connor Casey? Your new career, and you're going to kick the shit out of John Alba? Uh, yes, uh, I am training with FXE Wrestling under AJ Gallant, Jerry Lynn, and Tom Latimer right now. Um, our well, No first show has been announced or anything like that, but that is coming soon, and I will keep everybody updated on that. I've got an interview with Brian Gewertz uh, today that will hopefully be up tomorrow so that uh, you guys can check that out. We're talking about his new book. And uh, I've got a big review about a, uh, a major DC comic. Uh, it's the, uh, the return of the Deceased run. It's their version of Marvel Zombies. Uh, I get to do a long-form review of the first issue. I don't get to do these very often, so when I do, I really look forward to it. Uh, so I'll be knocking that one out, and you'll see that one on the website today. There you go. Thank you, as always, Connor Casey. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back uh, maybe next week. I got to talk to Connor Casey about things. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll catch you all later on. Subscribe to Fightful Overbooked.